just but just before we start, like, how fucking good is that saxophone scene? Oh, Timmy Capello. Yeah, what a boss. Mate, I'd but, forgotten. I'd forgotten yeah. just how long it went for. Yeah, goes for like a minute. Yeah, yeah, it's a big part. Carries on, doesn't he? It's a big story behind oh, it. You probably read all that. Welcome to Born to Watch, where three old mates review and discuss movies that mean the most to them. Hi there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. It's Born to Watch time. And of course, we're live from the panic room. My name's Whitey. I'm the host. And with me, as always, is my two stooges. Gow, the number two. How are you tonight, mate? Good evening, gents. Good evening, listeners. Yes. Looking forward to another episode tonight. Yeah, this one will be a good one. This one will be fun. And uh, up there on sunny Payne's land is Dan Morgan. How are you? Mate, uh, yeah, tough week on, on Sonny's land this week. We've got a bit crook. And uh, because it was so remote, I had to call up the Royal Flying Doctor Service. <laughs> I, I you mean, you, what, did you watch that on ABC, did you? No, 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 no. I did. You know, you're on the land. I've seen that before. That if you get sick, you got to call in the the royal flying doctor. So anyway, I gave my coordinates, and uh, they told me I wasn't in the catchment. <laughs> yeah, they said they said that Taunton Hospital, six minutes down the road, yeah. dickhead. Oh, well, Just they asked me get your missus to drive you down there. It was. I said how far away is it? And I said, look, as the crow flies, because that's the sort of use <laughs> as the crow flies up on the land. I said it's about a it's a good hour walk to the chemist from here, and about six minutes in the car. But anyway, so. <laughs> Yeah, so I had to sort myself out. But no, I feel a bit of today. I have had to downgrade my piss consumption somewhat. So I don't know if you'll get a more lucid response from me this evening or or a bit shitter. But uh, yeah, just w- watch for a bit of a change from the other 12 episodes tonight because I don't think I'll be as lit up. Wait, when are you getting your, your mates at Tinnies with their pale ale? When are they coming on board as a sponsor? Mate, I, I, as I said, I've, I've, I try and look after all the sponsors. I do get a lot of calls. Uh, the guys from Mountain Goat Beer called up this week and, and sent me a whole heap of piss. Thank you. Uh, so I've been getting into that. And uh, I only just finished off the Capital Brewing stuff from the, the Canberran Masters of the Fruity Beer. But, uh, yeah, happy to <clears throat> anyone you want to give me a shout-out, G. Do you still like those Three Kings beers you get from Audi? Is that is that still your bag? Yeah, love those. Can't I don't get them uh, anymore. No, no, I remember it was the best 14 bucks for a case you ever spent, if I, uh, <laughs> if I remember correctly. It was a six-pack made at the beach, and you enjoyed them. <laughs> yes, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> anyway, moving, get, get on to your mates at Tinny's Pale Ale, Morgs. Moving get. right along. Let's start talking about what we're here for and what the listeners are listening for, all five of them. Tonight, it's the 1987 Bat Pack. Vampire classic, The Lost Boys. Starring Keith Sutherland, Chase and Patrick, The Corys, Diane Weist, and a few other nuffies with long hair. This is the movie that really brought vampires into the mainstream. Did you say Bat Pack? I did yeah. say Bat Pack. <laughs> I thought you did. <laughs> did you like that? Yeah. Did you steal was, that from the sorry. internet or is that your own? Oh, no, no, I didn't steal it from the internet. I didn't steal it from the internet. I, I'm pretty happy with that one. I'm pretty happy. So you watch, people will be scouring now to see if it was on the internet. But it's I'm scouring already. Yeah, scouring. Fuck you and your stats, Gow. Look, it's a great cast, great ensemble, and everyone is really bringing the heat. We've seen that a lot in the 80s. That There weren't many shit performances in the movies that we're covering here in Born to Watch. That's probably why we're covering them, to be honest. 
But, you know, it's got some of the best 80s fashion that you're going to see and mixed with some of the best 80s music. This is a real good, fun movie to watch. And I actually really enjoyed it as a rewatch. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I loved this when, when we were younger. It was such a good yeah. mix of a movie and it appeals to, to younger kids as well as I guess it's got a vampire element in there for, for older people as well. It was on mass rotation. Yeah. Right? We watched yeah. this a lot. Morgs, what do you reckon? A lot. We watched this when we were teenagers. Yeah, was it in my top four that uh, Damo pointed out changes every week what my top four is? But no, this, this is pretty close. I don't know. I don't know where we used to watch this. So if we, I don't think we had a copy of it, but it definitely. I, I think back uh, with heightened nostalgia when I think about watching Lost Boys, and uh, yeah, it was good. Good to haven't seen it for quite a few years. I would, I would say so. Having a rewatch this week was uh, was good to to reengage with it. So yeah, big big part of our youth. Nineteen eighty seven. Uh, this one out. So. Again, right, yeah. it, it threw me back, yeah, to what we were doing in, in 1987. That was kind of – that was – I was – I'd hit my peak as an athlete in 87, so I was on the downturn. I was still pretty good at basketball, a superstar, if you will. And that I, didn't I remember, last long. But no. you, were, you were kicking it in the in our year seven basketball team. You were our captain, I think, back then. Yeah. I was really good. Yeah. I tapped in, a, in from a jump ball at Balgala Boys High against this midget guy. <laughs> and uh, – Oh, that was that was. I think that was literally my, That's my highlight. moment as an athlete. Yeah, and uh, or sm- smashing the G in cricket on the weekends yeah. too when Kramer played. Uh, well, you were Colorado Plato, I think, in cricket. Yes, it? yes. Yeah, yeah I got, was, yeah, I got the best fielding award in 1987. I did. Oh, was, he, was his dad the coach of cricket as well? <laughs> no, that's that's why I got the best fielding. That's award. why I got best fielding. You didn't get best player. I think <laughs> I think, it, I think it went down from best player, best tryer, and then fielding award. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I would say that was eerily spooky because I was going to say when we we're talking about basketball, I was thinking right then about your jump shot from the from the uh, from the ball up at the at the key there. Yeah, you jumped up, and flicked yeah. it in. I just had it. In that my was mind. a Balgala. Yeah, I, I never had much vert, but this guy was about three foot eight, so I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to tap this in. So if there were any NBA scouts at the time, my life could have been very different, but. Not that's not only seven. I mean, we were we started year seven at Cromer High. We, we've we've talked a lot about Cromer High, so I probably don't need to dive in a lot this week. But I was all, I also was lured to St Matthew's Farm by a fellow student for a, a teeth grinding patch after school one day. So uh, I thought I was pretty pretty much rocking the suburbs in in eighty seven. What about you boys? Well, we discussed last week. I bought my first cassette, music cassette of all time, George Michael Faith in eighty seven from Sandy's Records. Dy. Other than that, I was in year six. I was I was but a baby. Yeah, it was how, six foot one. How many years ago Whitey was nine? I don't know. Thirty five. <laughs> was it thirty five years yeah, ago? It was. Well done. Hey, look. I told you I'm good with solid numbers, man. Oh wait. I, I was looking back and thinking what what was happening back then. Here's here's the most popular sitcoms. Eighty seven. Fuck you're good. The Cosby Show. Ooh, Roseanne. Yeah. A Different World. Cheers. Sixty Minutes. What uh, was the it? Golden Girls. A Different World was a spin-off from Cosby Show, was it? Uh, no, it was a spin-off from something. I'm not sure it was Cosby Show. Or might, maybe it was. Maybe it was. Cosby Show was definitely on the air. Yeah. Full House debuted. Murder, She Wrote. Who's the Boss? That Murder, was She 87. Wrote debuted in – oh, no, it was the most watched. No, 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 it was on 87. Full House yeah, debuted right. then. Top Songs? Yep. Of course, Living on a Prayer. Oh. One of the greatest rock songs you, of all time. Yeah. Open Your Heart, Madonna. Huey Lewis and the News with Jacob's Ladder, Lean on Me, mm. one of one of all of our favourites, Starship. Nothing's going to stop us oh, now. Mate, wow. from the mannequin soundtrack. Mm. Yeah. 
Great movie, Mannequin. Died yeah, in your good, arms. Good flick. Oh. Cutting crew. Is that yeah, cutting crew? Cutting crew. Yeah. Nice work. Flick. Okay, good yeah. Do you know what I've been listening to a lot lately is Your Love. Elaborate. Uh, uh, what's the fucking artist? <laughs> the, out, the outfit. Uh, your Love. It's just quintessential oh. 80s moments. Uh, yeah. I don't want to lose your love tonight. Uh, yeah. Oh, yes, you, right. You know it if it, if it's, I don't know where it pops up. It's not really from a movie or anything that I remember, but I've just been, when I've been working on the land, I've had it blasting out from the Bozies and uh, the kangaroos have been listening along with me. It's been been good times. Yeah, nice. Anything else, Gail, from 87 that you've got to wow us with? Uh, Simpsons first aired on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, it was terrible too. Yeah, but it was only oh, the short, so it didn't yeah. actually air till 89. Yeah. But yeah, so 35, can you believe 35 years yeah, ago? Time, yeah. We're so That's fucked. Oh, man. We're so old. Did, did you guys get into horror films though at the time? I, don't, I was trying to think about what else we would have watched from that genre at the time, and I, I couldn't come up with much. A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, I know. Yeah, that's, that's, a good, that we, that's a good Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. That was, um, and I mean, the first two were okay as well, but uh, I, that one was something I watched quite a few times. And Fright Night was another one that I watched. Uh, uh, oh a yeah, of times, I, so. uh, well, we'll just we'll probably discuss Fright Night a little bit later. Oh, okay, we, yeah. So well done, Hawks. But I really uh, should I really should read the run sheet. But yeah, okay, let's uh, <laughs> let's continue. Yeah, we'll probably well, discuss Fright. Why well, start now? Yeah, let's, let's, let's. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why why break a good thing? And look, as has become the tradition. On Born to Watch, we we stop for a minute's praise of ourselves and backslapping when we get some reviews and, and messages from some of our fans. And today, we're going to go back to go forward because last week, uh, Dan mentioned the message from John Bull and talked a bit about it in film school for fuckwits. And I got a message from uh, Johnny, good fella. It's true. You know, I can't unsee that fucking Porsche loving film school for fuckwits. Awesome podcast. He's the one person that loves film school for fuckwits. So well, you got a Ball. fan, Dan. Yeah. Oh, and he's a good egg. When I call him something else that's uh, good, you tend to cut it out of the episode. So let's, <laughs> yes. just, yes. let's just say good egg, Johnny, but yeah, know that it's... I said something stronger that these guys always edit out. So uh, That's purely just so Gow's kids can listen to the podcast. True. <laughs> no problem. No, he's uh, obviously a, an avid film fan and, uh, yeah, what a legend. Uh, good yeah, take on good. that. I, I couldn't agree with you He's a good fella. And we're not finished with you, though, Morgs. Oh. I got, I got, I got another one, and you are starting. Oh, this could be straight-up swim fan here. Oh. Be careful of your bunnies, Morgs, because yeah. this is from The Colour Purple again. Oh, my fucking God, you guys. This is messages to me. So your tune, Whitey, is the same as Morgs's. <laughs> Fucking hysterical. I think I love Morgs. He is my spirit animal. Who was that? That's, oh, that's from the Colour Purple. <laughs> we love her. She's a good she's a good egg, the Colour Purple. She's a great fan. If she's she's under the age of fifty nine, then uh, I'm interested. <laughs> well, mate, you're interested then. <laughs> Good work, Colour Purple. I thought that would be Plims. He likes perps, but uh, he does. Uh, glad glad that we're resonating with the fans. And it's a different. I'll keep it up. It just makes me yeah. want to work harder and get more pissed. Yeah, you're looking at your phone like you might have something. I, I do. I've got one from Andy from the Hills. Oh, we love Andy. Listening last week. Another absolute belter. Just when I thought you had to set the bar so high that Brandon Stark couldn't even get over it, the hat delivers a multilingual double banger and Whitey sings a power, power ballad. Keep up the great work, guys. Oh, Stark, that's some obscure <laughs> shit. Love it. Love it. Nice work. 
Good on mm. you, Andy. Yeah, we love you, Andy. Keep listening. And he's actually he's fobbed us off onto his brother too. Yes, Adam from Barrel is listening. Is he still got? Has Adam still got good hair? Mate, he's a good looking fella. Still yeah, a very good, good looking fella. Good looking rooster. I think he put away yeah. back in back in the day. He slayed him. Yeah, welcome, Adam. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the team. We thank uh, Andy for bringing you into the fold. Okay, Gal, why don't you tell us a little bit about Lost Boys? All right, here we go. Tagline, never grow old, never die. It's fun to be a vampire. Not really sure that's true. Anyway. this is I reckon this is the one movie where it, it looks like it's sort of fun to be a vampire. Anyway, continue. See, see this, is on the, this is the DVD cover. See if this suits the movie at all. <laughs> Sam and his older brother, Michael, are all-American teens with all-American interests. But after they moved with their mother to peaceful Santa Clara, the murder capital of America, things mysteriously begin to change. Michael's not himself lately, and mum's not going to like what he's turning into. The Lost Boys reshapes vampire tradition, deftly mixing heart-pounding terror, rib-tickling laughs, and a body-gyrating rock soundtrack. Directed by Joel Schumacher, a marvellous cast stakes you to gleefully ghoulish entertainment. Yeah, I don't know about the peaceful Santa Clara, that's for certain. Mm-hmm. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the peaceful Santa Clara and the and the part that fucking Grandpa plays in that. Not a bad synopsis of the of the movie, but it's a it misses on a few parts. It I does, reckon. And that, yeah. but that's off the cover. Yeah, wow, that's off the cover. Yeah, all right. Let's listen to the trailer. Michael and Sam have just moved to Santa Carla, California. They're about to discover its secret. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No. It's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. Another great 80s trailer. It's a little bit better than the synopsis, I think, that trailer. Definitely better than the synopsis. Yeah. It's about this time that we talk about how this movie rates. On IMDb, this one rates at 7.2 out of 10. And this is another certified fresh movie, which is about our third in a row, I think. It's 75% on the tomato meter. And and with an 85% audience score, it's another banger. I mean, we have no idea what any of that don't means. Don't know how they work it out. But, but it's uh, it's rating well. And, and sounds I don't, good. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Morgs, what do you think about the ratings? I've no idea. Every week you talk about it, I just don't know what you're talking about. I know what IMDb <laughs> is, but yeah. something blah, 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 audience, blah, blah. I, I just tune out and think about something cool I'm going to say next. Yep, <laughs> yep. And I, I tend to um, I tend to agree with everything that you just said there, Daniel. Look, there's no doubt that Lost Boys set the bar in the 80s or the late 80s for vampire movies. It was, it was a different take. It was a cool, 
it brought in that really sort of cool, teenage vibey vampire. And it sort of made you think that vampire life might be cool and it might be worth getting bitten and living forever. What do you reckon, Gal? I don't know. They weren't very happy characters to me. Well, they were, they were emos. They were. Yeah. The whole town was, though. I mean, they set that up at the start of the movie. Lots of, lots of, lots of punk rock goth sort of weirdos. It was weirdos an interesting then, place. Yeah. Morgs, I reckon you would have fit right into Santa Clara in, in 87. I mean, what a sick place. Like, you get to ride your dirt squirters on the beach. How fucking cool is that? And there's, a, there's, a, there's an amusement park on the beach as well. It's not, it's not like living at Collaroy where everyone's house is, uh, is just getting shoved into the sea. And it's put sort an of like Co- park with a, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like Coney Island in California. Yeah, that's and, yeah, yeah. And some of the fashion they run, Morgs. You were running some of that stuff, I reckon, eighty six, eighty seven, coming I, back from I Fitzroy. Was, I was. <laughs> Did I you was run the long jacket? Did you run that long jacket he wears in in the comic shop? It was. I was a few. Years oh, how bad is that? Yeah. I did try out all their styles around eighty nine, but no, eighty seven. I hadn't. I, I was uh, I, I was suspect on uh, Bon Jovi at that time. I thought they were a bit bogan and didn't realise that I was a lot bogan. So I was. I reckon I was about two years behind trying out all of the fashion that you see in this fleet. Was that in the middle of your catch it phase? <laughs> yes, I definitely you had a bit some, of catch it back then. Some rainbow catch it boardies that I ran to <laughs> swimming school down at DY. DY Beach Pool that we went to in 1987. I definitely ran the catch hits then. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, no, I, was, I, I thought when I saw this movie, I thought that all the vampires were very fucking cool and uh, yeah. they, their costumes were – apparently they chose their costumes themselves too, the, uh, the, the designer. She just gave the boys a whole level <laughs> wedge and set them out at Madison Avenue and, and kind of described their characters and that's what they came back with. They all picked their own outfits, which uh, I thought okay. was interesting. It's not always well, how we do it in the industry, but seem to work in this case. Well, I got to say, and I'm I can say this from a position of being extremely comfortable with my sexuality. The long black-haired vampire was strikingly beautiful. He was a, he was a model. Sorry if I'm jumping on this, G-man, but yeah, he was no they they uh, no he was he was a model in New York City, and he was uh, cast in the film. But Josh, can we talk about Josh Schumacher yet? No, we'll yeah, get to Joel we'll get Schumacher to in a minute. Okay. Get yeah, to I, and actually, it's probably a really good segue, that. Let's hit the cast. And today, Gao, I think we really do need to talk for the first time about a director in Joel Schumacher. Well, we try to get to it, and then we just keep rambling, and yeah. it never. It, it's always at the last bit, so we never get to it. It's Morgs' yes, fault. we can talk about it's it. It's all Morgs' fault. Yeah, Jabra. Kiefer Sutherland, been in Stand By Me before this, and then was cast. Joel Schumacher saw him in something else, actually, a movie called At Close Range, um, and just thought he was awesome, so put him in it. And I think, you know, just quietly, he's the star of this. His he acting in this is great. Back to back villains. So stand by me, mm. an outstanding villain. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and probably, you know, one of the one of the better villains, I would say, in Stand by Me, and then great in the Lost Boys. Into Young Guns when he was part of that. Uh, the not not the Bat Pack. He was in the new Brass Pack <laughs> in Young Guns. Flatliners. Billy Baldwin, your favourite. Ah, oh. well, he's and, a, he's a but he's also the. He's the is he the baddie or the, I can't remember if he was the baddie or the goodie in Flatliners. Who's the no he, no he, Kevin Bacon the flat, the he flatline, Kevin Bacon was Kevin the baddie Bacon, in, yeah, Kevin Bacon, Bacon was the baddie in Flatliners. That's he goes he goes a bit a bit spare, but a uh, few good men as well. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant, Lieutenant great Kendrick. movie. Yeah, yeah Kendrick. Flick. Yeah, great a Time movie. to Kill. Freddie Lee Cobb in a Time to Kill. Yeah, he's, he's, he's actually he's, great He's yeah. in a lot of Joel Schumacher films. Yes, he is. Yeah. yeah, he's a bit of a he's a bit of a muse for the old shoe. And and of course Donald Sutherland's son. Yes, one of the great actors of 
many generations. He's only five foot eight too. He's not super tall. They don't realize they're all that. midgets. Yeah, they're all dead set midgets. Who's up next, Gal? We've got Diane Weist, who had been in that stage quite a few movies. She's been in Footloose. She was the mum in Footloose, although she was only nine years older than Laurie Singer. Oh, really? As her daughter, yeah, at that time. Laurie Singer, Laurie Singer, one of the great sorts of the 1980s. Yeah. Underrated. underrated. Yep. Underrated. And good movie too, Footloose. In The Lost Boys, she was in parent, uh, Parenthood, Edward Scissorhands, Bullets Over Broadway, is The it Bird her Cage. Torch, is it her torch that Joaquin Phoenix brings out? Is it Joaquin Phoenix that brings the torch out in Parenthood? And it's her dildo? Is it her dildo? Oh, I, don't oh, know. I haven't I can't seen remember that. that. One of the great yeah. fucking scenes in all of cinema, the big yellow bash and that's I think right. I found your torch. Oh, yeah. Comes out R- with the dildo. So Ronnie Howard. Ronnie Howard, Jan. Ronnie Howard, yeah. Yeah, great yeah. flick. I haven't, I've got to watch that again. I haven't seen that for a while. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but most recently in The Mule. Right, um, yeah, with Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood yeah. yeah. Which is a fantastic flick. Have you seen the Australian film? There's an Australian film, The Mule, with that, that funny-looking dude, Angus yes. something or other. Yes, Angus Sampson. Good Aussie actor. Mm. He's a jobbing actor. He's a jobber. Yeah, really good. Jobbing actor. So amazing yeah. character actor. Yeah, really, yeah. really good. Who else, Gary? Jason Patrick. Uh, he in the Lost Boys. He was in Rush. Not a, not a lot of high profile roles for for Jason Patrick. Nark. Yep. He's he was in, in the Nark. Losers. He was in, he was in Sleepers as well. Yeah, he's he was Shakes in, in yeah, Sleepers. Good in Sleepers. Sleepers. Great good, good sleep. Heavy, yeah. heavy movie, but good. Good. Hey, do you know a bit of trivia before we get to listen to this? I'll do it while we're here. Do you know who is Jason Patrick's father? Jason Patrick Senior. No, it's actually Jason Miller. Who is Dimmy in The Exorcist, the younger priest? Okay. Performs The Exorcist as his dad. Yeah. Ah. There you go. There you go. Well played. Nice work. Very, very good actor in his own right. He's, in, he's encroaching on your stats there, G Man. Yeah. Tell him to yeah, back We'll be having a meeting off. after this. <laughs> production meeting. Nice. Production, the production meeting. A, Schedule one. HR yeah. with that one. No, straight, straight to HR. <laughs> Um, and look, then we get into we'll, we'll go through the the two Corys. Yep. Uh, this was the first movie they did together of eight. It was. But um, Corey Haim was in Lucas in '86. Uh, then in the Lost Boys. Then then they were in, they were both in License to Drive. Uh, I like good movie. Movie. It's a good movie. I, I watched that. Yeah. yeah, that was that was that was probably my last two Corys yeah. movie. I think I probably only Lost Boys and License to Drive. The rest, I think I gave. Yeah, they were great. No. But um, he turned down the role of in a role in Stand by Me, um, but because he, he wanted him to have the role in Lucas, um, and that role eventually went to River Phoenix. That was River Phoenix's role. Wow. Yeah. Ah, no shit. Yeah. I yeah. can't see him playing the tough guy that River Phoenix plays. No. Uh, but a, yeah. No, nah, you wouldn't. You wouldn't change that role. But uh, but Corey Feldman was in quite a few movies. He was in the Bad News Bears. He was in Gremlins, The Goonies. I think in The Goonies he actually. Or he knocked out Corey Haim for that role. He's a great character in the Goonies. Yeah, he's yeah. a really good character. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, yeah, so he knocked him out of that. But then obviously, Stand by Me, The Lost Boys, Lost to Drive, and then they were in eight movies together. Um, and a lot of them, I you, we can go through them, but I don't know a lot of them. Yeah, no, forget yeah. it. Don't need to. We don't need to know any more about the Corys. Anyone else, Gal? Uh, who else we got? Oh, um, Edward Herman. Yeah. Now he played. He's the head vampire. Sam. Yeah. yeah. So he was in Annie in uh, in nineteen eighty two. Oh, yes, yes. Played FDR in he Annie. He plays FDR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well done. Uh, he was in Richie Rich in nineteen eighty four. He plays Richie Rich's dad. He plays the dad. He was in Nixon. 
and he's Richard Gilmore in the Gilmore Girls. So he's been he's been in a lot of stuff over the years, lots and lots of different things. Another jobber, another jobber. It get, gee, would it be fair to say the Gilmore Girls got quite a run at your <laughs> joint in between Will and Grace the oh marathons? God, you watch some shit TV in your time, Gail. I've not watched the Gilmore Girls. I've watched Will and Grace, not the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> I draw a line somewhere. That's no. Gauss. That's Gauss line in the very... sand. No, I have. I no, I just haven't. I've seen episodes of it. I've never watched it as a series. The Gillies. The Gillies. Uh, but he was also in. Uh, he had some roles in The Wolf of Wall Street and and in The Aviator as well. Okay. More roles. I couldn't. I tried to not use on the line to see what he was in because I thought you would tell me in this cast. But I, when I was watching Lost Boys again, I'm like, I know yeah. that guy from somewhere, but I could. Still haven't jogged my. I memory. think he's because he's got one of the, he's in roles, but he's not ever in a starring role. He's always in a you know a character actor role. Okay, um, and then we've got Jamie Gertz. Had a crush on Jamie Gertz. This and last and less than zero. Yeah, how with could a, you not have a crush oh, on Jamie Gertz with the two movies? Yeah, made her film debut with Tom Cruise in Endless Love in eighty one. Wow! But she was in Sixteen Candles, as you said, less than zero, Jersey Girl. Twister. Yeah, she plays a dickhead in Twister. Twister. Yeah, she's Bill Paxton's missus yeah. before he, he's moved on from Helen Hunt with, to Jamie Gertz. Ah, she's a dickhead. Okay. Um, and she was up for the role of Rachel Green in Friends. Really? Yeah. Didn't get it though. Clearly. She's also the famous, I don't have a square to spare in Seinfeld. Oh, really? Yeah, I just need a square. I don't have a square to spare. Uh-oh. Yeah, and she, she's, the, she's the sex line girl that Kramer's like, Recognizes a voice, <laughs> really, <laughs> from the sex line. Yeah. Hey, oh, she um she married a, a guy. She's one of the wealthiest women in America. She married a guy who's a major partner in an investment firm, and they're worth about one point five billion. So yeah, he owns, well, they are co-owners of the Milwaukee Brewers, and the Atlanta Hawks in the NBA. Mm. Yeah, shout out to Bob Uecker. <laughs> shout out to Harry Doyle. That's it. Go back and listen to Major League, one of our best episodes. Um, look, apart from that, we've got Alex Winter, who is in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Well, I just know him as Bill it. and Ted guy. Yeah, that's it. No idea what his name is. Uh, that's all you need to know. Is he Bill or Ted? He's, he's Bill. He's, he's not Keanu Reeves. He's the, he's the one that's not Keanu Reeves. Nice. No, he's Bill. Yeah, enough well, said. Okay, so let's get... It's a real real ensemble, though. There's no real standout lead actor in there, which is interesting. I think Keith Sutherland is... He just overshadows everyone. Well, he does, but he wasn't then. He, have... he wasn't big then when no, it was No, 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 but I just mean yeah. in, in, the, in the actual movie. Like, there, no one was really known. I would have said, so I would have said Corey Haim because there's the two stories. There's the kind of jokey story with the Frog Brothers and then there's the other story with David yeah. and Michael becoming. And, and Corey Haim is kind of the linchpin of yeah. both of them. So I reckon he gets more more screen time than old Kiefer. But, hey, what do I know? I'm just an industry fucking vagabond expert. Well, self-proclaimed, but anyway. Well, Kiefer has the least amount of lines in the movie of all the major stars. Really? But yeah. fuck, he smolders. Yeah, but he's, but he's a smoldering fuck vampire. Fuck, he smolders, so. man. That, that, that opening yeah. scene where he's walking through the um, carousel, Yeah, he just smolders, man. Yeah. He's owning that. He's yeah. owning it. Good yeah. smolder. So we should talk about Joel Schumacher. Quite a divisive filmmaker. But God, he goes on a run from the start of his career. Got some yeah. of the best movies of the 80s and sort of into the 90s. What have we got? Sonelmo's Fire. That's his, that's his first, first real, like, well, he's, yeah, he does The Incredible Shrinking Woman, but really, it starts with Sonelmo's Fire. Yeah. The Lost Boys, Flatliners, Falling Down, The Client and Batman Forever, A Time to Kill, 
Great so two movie. John Grissom books. Yep. Um, phone booth, Batman and Robin. Eight millimeter. Eight millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. That's underrated. Eight that millimeter. That's uh, that's the snuff movie. Is it about snuff, that's the snuff movie snuff with Nick Cage. Movies, I watched. Yeah. I, I watched Whoa. that about eight months ago. I reckon because I was like, oh, I, sh- I should probably have a watch that again. It's disturbing, and Nick Cage is just Nick Cage. He just blows me away every time I watch him. Just out there. Oh, mate. Yeah. It's just so – it's hilarious. It's 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 just comedy without it. You know, it's – he's fucking weird. Yeah, he can do that really well, can't he? Oh, that weird mate. acting. But it's just out of nowhere. It's just like he, he's got his own take on what's going on. It's really – yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's odd. But anyway. But so Joel Schumacher got in this because Richard Donner was going to direct this. Yeah, well, it's produced by Richard Donner. It's yes. a Richard Donner production. Yeah, and he was going to direct it, yeah. and then it was falling behind in production, and so then he went to do Lethal, Lethal Weapon. Weapon. I was going to say, it's right yeah. around Lethal Weapon. Yeah, so he yeah. went, oh, I can't do it. So he hired, he hired Joel Schumacher to come in and, right. and do it. Yeah. So I, it was interesting, all the films you went through for Joel Schumacher, and he did go on a good run. But something that I discovered that about Joel Schumacher that I think is even better is that apparently he was a noted swordsman and claimed to have slept with between ten and twenty thousand men. Men, yeah, right. Men, yeah. Which poses the question: Well, it did for me. Who is the biggest swordsman in movie history? So, when when you think of noted swordsman, you think of Wilt Chamberlain and June Simmons, Errol Flynn. I've always cl- Errol yeah, Flynn. yeah, Errol Magic Flynn. Johnson. Errol, did, didn't think Magic Johnson, but if you, if you want to stick to actors, so the Bus Boys. Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn, the bus boys. No, so what? Someone's put a number to it on the line. So anyway, so Joel Schumacher, ten to twenty thousand uh, unique encounters. Warren Beatty uh, has got a number of twelve thousand seven hundred and seventy-five, which is which is impressive. How does he know uh, that? Oh no, it's 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 pretty precise. So, That's a hell of a uh, anyway. fucking headboard to be notching into. Charlie Sheen, five thousand. So he's he's rounded that up or down. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio apparently in the thousands, which I would agree, and most of them fifteen or sixteen out of tens. Well, what, what, uh, what, Jack- what were they? What was their gang called? The um, oh, Pussy Posse. The Pussy Posse. That's right. Yeah, him and Jake Gyllenhaal, and yeah, yeah, that's hilarious. Winning uh, wouldn't Jack happen Ni- now. Jack Nicholson uh, has put away two thousand apparently, and one that the one that was a little bit disturbing to me, Screech from Saved by the Bell, Dustin Diamond. <laughs> Has claimed to have uh, put away two thousand as well, so that was pretty interesting. But so I, I mean, Warren Beatty or uh, is, is probably up there. But incidentally, Fidel Castro claims to have put away thirty five thousand uh, <laughs> red blooded communists in in Mother Cuba. Yeah, but so, none uh, of them none of them were had permission. Yeah, I'd, well, <laughs> we probably might have to remove that bit. But uh, so I'll do it again. Incidentally. <laughs> Incidentally, Fidel Castro was apparently the grand champion and he claimed to have put away 35,000. So uh, hard to beat there. Well, you know. It's easy when no one's going to challenge you on it. No, well, 70,000 70, no's and one yes still means yes. Anyway, on your Fidel. What a guy. Fuck. Well played. Man. Well done, Morgs. Well done. Okay. Uh, but Schumacher, so one other thing about Schumacher, I know we're 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 indulging in directedness just because we missed it in the last couple, but um I'm just gonna take a break to cough. <clears throat> Schumacher actually he uh, he convinced in excess to feature on the soundtrack, which is uh we'll talk about the soundtrack a bit later, but he actually said if uh, we could license the, the tracks for the film, he'd direct 
a film clip for them and he actually directed Devil Inside film clip for In Excess so as a, as a quid pro quo, which I thought was pretty cool. And he also yeah. did Seal's uh, clip for Kiss by a Rose. Yeah. Baby! That's the one. That's the one. You just wanted to bust that out. Oh, how good was it though? I compare you to a kiss from a rose on the day. Ooh. He, he was uh, he was a good swordsman too, Seal. He was uh, he, he was always hanging out with um, some some A grade Felange. So uh, yeah, I think um, well, anyway, he Josh Schumacher. He married, he married Heidi Klum, old Seal. Mm. Yeah, Seal Seal could go pretty good. Well, but so, Schumacher, twenty thousand in the bank, well played. Wasn't he dating bad. Delta at some stage too? Seal, yeah. Or were they just judges together? No, I think he slayed Delta. Yeah. Well, that's a lot. We have indulged in Joel Schumacher and well played. I'm sure it was a uh, a good time for him in the 80s and 90s. Let's talk over and under because we haven't. I think we didn't do that last week. So let's talk over and under. Set the bar here at 30. What do you think, Morgs? What you seen this more or less than 30 times? Hmm. It's, I haven't seen it for a long, long time. So my memory is not the best part of me by any uh, aspect. So I'm going to say under 30, but pretty close. I reckon in the 20s. Yeah. Gail, what about you? Yeah, I would say the same. I haven't seen this in a long, long time, but I did watch it a lot when we were younger. So I'd say under 30, but not by much. Yeah. Look, I'm over 30. I watch this a lot and I, it's not a yearly watch for me, but I have, I have watched it in the last 12 months before I watched it for Born to Watch. And... So I'm going to say probably just over 30, sort of maybe between that 30 and 40 times. So I win that one, which doesn't happen very often. We're usually around the same. But anyway, question time. So before we get into the categories, got a few questions for you boys. This seems to be my favourite part of the podcast and that's all that matters. Question one. Why wasn't Jason Patrick a bigger star? Can someone fill me in on this? Because he looks in this movie like he's going to just take over Hollywood. What happened? I don't know. He does, doesn't he? He's yeah. got the long hair. He's brooding. Good-looking rooster. And then didn't really kick on after that. He's he's in he's in a he's in a few good movies. Like he's in Rush. You remember Rush with yep. Jennifer Jason yes. Leigh with a Born to Watch favorite Jennifer Jason Leigh. They play undercover narcotics cops. Mm-hmm. That's a really that's it's a dark movie, but it's a good movie. And that's in '91. He was in Speed Two. Yeah, oh, we didn't cover that. Fucking shocking. Shocking that on the movie. Boat. On that's the on the boat. boat. That's, the boat, that's one, on the yeah. boat. That's on the boat. Jeez, it's bad. He's in Geronimo. Like he's in some good movies. Uh, Narc's actually a really good movie, but he never, he never really, I guess, made it. Who, who, who do you reckon took his parts? Who was the actor that kind of that um, that that's, that cut his grass? What about the who's the guitarist from Almost Famous? Oh yeah, Billy Crudup. Yeah, he looks a bit like him. Did he? He does. He well, there's Billy Crude up. There's Keanu mm. Reeves. There's a few. Mm. There's a few actors that are sort of vying. Well, Kiefer Sutherland is obviously in the same uh, ilk of him. Mm. They're all sort of. They would have all been vying for the same parts. But yeah, I would have thought from watching Lost Boys that Jason Patrick's ready to just blow the world away. Yeah, have, yeah, I agree. Don't know what happened there. No, nah. I'll, uh, I'll I'll ask some of my, my colleagues in. Yeah, can in you the can you do some research and maybe get back to that? Yeah, we'll do. Can you reach out to a couple of people, Morgs. Yeah, I will. I yeah. will. Okay, uh, well here you go. He turned down the lead role of Mitch McDear in the firm, which went to Tom Cruise. Well, there you go. So that's sliding doors. Maybe maybe you shouldn't be turning things down. The firm's a good movie. Uh, yeah, it's a really it might, good movie. It might just be a real picky prick because apparently Schumacher uh, had to convince him. 
to to star in this one because he was uh, he, he was a stage actor. Him and Jamie Gertz were in a play together, and he, this is this is a true story. He it took him like three months of meeting with his agent to actually talk him into a, a teen vampire movie. So yeah, mate, I think he he might just uh, be a bit deluded. And if there's one thing we won't have on this podcast, it's it's delusions of grandeur. Well, here you go. He turned down Mel Gibson's role in The Passion of the Christ. Oh, so only, cra- only crazy Mel would play that. Yeah. But look, a big movie though. So, you know, maybe you're right, Morgs. Maybe maybe you just didn't want to do some of them. He's Jackie Gleason's um, grandson. Remember Jackie Gleason? Yes. 60s, 70s yeah. actor? Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's actually funny that we, we were talking about this because... I got a message from a guy on the line who is apparently a big fan of the show. I don't know if he is, but he mentioned a movie and not saying that we, he knew we were going to do the Lost Boys, but he mentioned this movie, uh, The Beast of War, which actually stars Jason Patrick in 1988. And this is from Nick. He's from the UK. And he actually just said that we should really watch this movie. It's actually based about a Russian tank uh, crew that, are stranded in, in Afghanistan, and apparently it's freaking next level. It's got uh, George DeZunda. Uh, it's got uh, Stephen Bauer from uh, Scarface. So it's quite like, I don't know how this guy knew that we were going to cover a Jason Patrick movie, but he suggests that we listen to this. Apparently it's one of Roger Avery, who's Quentin Tarantino's mate from uh, Video Archives days and, produ- and produced Reservoir Dogs with him, one of his favourite movies of all time. So we're going to have to look up this beast of war. We're going to have to look up this Nick. Maybe we should punt one of you clowns and, and get him yeah. on it. He sounds like he's all over it. Yeah, he's all over it. But anyway, so there's another. Mate, there's any, another any more tips, Nick? Just reach out to me on MySpace. So that sounds good. I'll, I'll give that a watch for sure and I'll tell you all about it. Yeah, it's dan at sunnysland.com.au. Um, <laughs> or just MySpace, Dan on the land. Okay, question two. Why would Grandpa allow his newly divorced daughter and his grandkids to move to Santa Clara knowing it's just run by vampires. What's grandpa thinking? I don't know. I've, I've got a counter question. Yeah. Is grandpa Bill Hunter out of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert? <laughs> He's running the same. He uh, runs the little yeah. headband. He's, He's got headband, the little beard. Yeah. He doesn't have a mail order though. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway. But it's, yeah, uh, he's, as, got, he's got the widow Johnson uh, to to uh, yes. tickle his, his grandpa stick. So yeah, he's he's a tripper. So did she <laughs> did she grow up there in Santa Clara with him? Like because she's moving back to be with well, him. Didn't, I don't know. Yeah, you was, don't know. But no, they no. they didn't go into that. No, no they didn't really was, explore that. He was able to put glitter in the blood to make the. The, the vampire's blood pop a bit more, but he didn't explain whether Diane Weist had actually grown up in Santa Clara. So, yeah, interesting interesting choice. Yeah. But, yeah, he did because there's a couple of bits in the movie where he knew, you know, there was a couple of where he put all the wooden crosses out in his car or out in the garage. Or, yeah, mate, he, he yeah. knew. He says he says at the end of the movie, he goes, yeah. the worst thing about it is all yeah. these bloody vampires or whatever. I know, but, but there's like, a couple of scenes before yeah. that. So he knew, but... Hey, don't just, you just go, hey, okay, you're divorced. Let's move to um, Boston. Get out of this fucking joint. Don't no. get it. Maybe she had money troubles, had to move home. Well, the widow Johnson must have been very good at what she did to keep him in town. Okay. Third question. Is Lost Boys the best vampire movie of the 80s? Ooh. What are other vampire movies of the 80s? Morgs, you got anything here? 
Uh, can we pause on this one? So I actually visit this in film school for fuckwits this week. So uh, if you're okay to pause, uh, fellow fuckwits, we we will come back to this because I think it's an excellent question you posit and one that I would like to help us answer. So uh, yeah, okay. So we'll get we'll 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 talk about that in in uh, film school for fuckwits. Gow, you're going to tell us about the gross. The Lost Boys opened at number two during its opening weekend, a domestic gross of $5.2 million and went on to a total of $32.2 million domestic in the US and Canada against an $8.5 million budget. Yeah. So not too bad for that movie. I don't think it was ever going to be a superstar, but in that, in that year, The Last Emperor received all the nominations, but the top movie was your favourite, Whitey, solo favourite, Fatal Attraction. <laughs> saw that, saw that in the movies. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Beverly That's Hills Cop too. So, so fatal attraction. <laughs> Very disturbing. It is disturbing. I walked out. I walked out a changed man. I've never eaten rabbit since. Oh, oh And I dislike women with curly hair. Anyway, continue. Except for Sam Morgan, who's amazing. Um, yeah. So, fatal attraction, three hundred twenty million. Beverly Hills Cop two, two hundred seventy-six million. Dirty Dancing, two hundred thirteen. Don't put baby in the corner. Three Men and a Baby, 167 million. Good Morning Vietnam, 123. Lethal Weapon, Predator. Good year. Moonstruck. Another great year. The Untouchables. Another great year. Robocop. Well, I think we've we've had 87 before, so yeah, we've been through Yeah, but fucking hell, like yeah. seriously. Eddie Murphy Raw. I don't know if you guys remember, but this was a movie that was like, it exploded at Cromer High School. This was a movie that you had to see. Yeah. Like if you had not seen the, if you had not seen the Lost Boys, you were a, you were on the outer. It was a movie that had to be seen. It just exploded. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, so a lot of good movies. Full Metal Jacket, Wall Street. I mean, The yeah, Running what, Man. Far out. What a good movie. So the, the budget, you said $8.5 million to make? Yes. So I was, when I was doing my Schumacher the Mad Rooter research, I it said that he actually had his budget cut somewhat by the studio when um, reason was unclear. It could have been that there wasn't a, a lead star that was going to drive the movie. But anyway, he had to. we were meant to see scenes of the vampires flying. But if you remember, it's all shot from point of view. So yes. we, we see that the flying is always, and, and that was just to save cash. Uh, and they actually used some some of the footage, leftover footage from Top Gun, which features in one of the scenes in there when they're flying through the clouds and, and it comes back down over the water. So, that, which I thought was really clever, and it, it doesn't take away from the the, the movie at all. So, uh, we'll play Joe, Joel Schumacher. Thinking on his feet, old Jolly. Yeah, you get a lot of that. So, anyway, can we move into Good, the Bad, the Ugly now, Gear? Yes, we can. So this is The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, where we talk about the things we like about the movie, the things we don't so much like about the movie, and then the downright ugly stuff. And I think we'll start with you, Gal. The good. The fashion. How good was the fashion? I know Morgs loved it. It took him back to the days. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, just thought, I just thought it was really, really funny. Just some of the things, especially Sam wears. And, oh, God, it's terrible. Yeah. And, and who's the... Sam's the the kid. Sam's the kid, yeah. And, and Michael's then, the older brother. No, and the but the the boyfriend, the 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 head vampire. What's his name? Max. Oh, the the the, the elder one. The, yeah. The boss vampire. Yeah, 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 Max. yeah. Max. He wears some good clobber too. Yeah. He wears it's like the, the black and white checkered jacket. But the really long jackets. The long jacket. Really yeah. long jackets and rolled yeah. up sleeves. Yeah. All the jackets had rolled up sleeves. Yeah. It was like Miami Vice stuff. Yeah, it was bad. And yeah. that, that long jacket that he, we talked about earlier that Sam wears into the comic shop. 
Brutally bad. Oh, Loved but it. The whole outfit, the, the shirt underneath is shocking. The the, shirt, the jacket he's wearing actually looks like um, vinyl flooring, like floorboards. Yes, that, that's right. Looks the like strips of yeah. floorboards, right? It's terrible. Anyway, that's mine. What about you, Morgs? Um, I've got three. So yep. we talked about one of them earlier, which was boardwalks and amusement parks on the beach. I reckon that just looks so cool and uh, would have been a great way as an under 18 to get out and get amongst some mischief. So uh, well, it's actually Santa Cruz. Uh, obviously, not uh, not not a, not a big uh, myth to to crack there that uh, it was Santa Cruz where they shot. So they the, the apparently the city wouldn't let them film there if they called it Santa Cruz because they were referring to it as the murder capital of the world. So they had to change it to Santa Clara. But anyway, I always look on fondly when I see that boardwalk and the amusement park on the beach because it's just so un Australian and what we do with our land next to our beaches. And um, number two was that. You might not know this, but Corey Feldman actually got fired from the film during shooting because uh, he arrived on set after a big night on the bags. And uh, Joel, <laughs> oh, Joel Schumacher was not happy, but he apologised and, and Joel Schumacher decided to let him come back in, which is great. So, uh, yes, uh, bad bad boy, Corey Feldman, well played. Um, and number three was, you, you mentioned it before, Whitey, but I don't know anyone who didn't like or froth on The Lost Boys when we were kids. Like, it just had a moment. It was... It was a cult movie, I guess, and we talked about Beverly Hills Cop last week and how it blended comedy, action, and drama. Well, this this one really reinvented vampire movies, and uh, we'll talk about it a bit later, but it managed to be very entertaining with a, a blend of action and comedy and enough drama to keep us interested, but it was definitely it was very different to anything that we'd seen in vampire movies before and just really entertaining, stylish uh, movie, and I think that's a, a lot to the, the Mad Ruder Schumacher but um, it also just established why I like cult movies so much more than blockbusters. It's just uh, this one stays with me and I think about with, uh, with some of the vanilla shit that was served up these days from, from the MCU and, and the comic book movies. Uh, they, just, they just don't have that saying power. You just don't remember them year on year on year on year. You just don't give a toss. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's my three goods for, for okay. the Okay, all right. I've got, I've got a couple. And because we've skipped Needle Drop because Kick-Ass Credit Song is exploding. A la Lost Boys in 87. The soundtrack. Soundtrack of this movie is next level good. Yeah. yeah. Great next call. level good. You know, you've got you've got in excess, you've got they they you've got some doors music, you've got, you know, the the theme song, the the Cry Little Sister. Yeah. This the music is so fucking good. Yeah. It's, there's not a bad song in it. No, I really like the theme song in it. Yeah. He he wrote that. He hadn't actually seen any of it. He just read the script. Yeah, I read this and so, and put that together, but it's it just they recur that through the movie, but yeah. it's so good throughout yeah. it. No, it's a, it's a it's such a good soundtrack. We talked about Tim Tim Capello, sax guy. Well, he's oh, yeah. he's he's next on my list. At nine minutes and fifty seconds into the Lost Boys, is the greatest use of a saxophone in cinema ever. Period. Can't be beaten. The chains, the pecs, the ponytail, the long hair, the leather pants. And that fucking saxophone. And the guy owns it. What a boss. What a boss. Seriously, I don't know how anyone could have read that and gone, this is going to be good. But I didn't, I'd forgotten how long it went for. We were talking before before we started here. Like, this thing goes for a minute. I thought it was yeah. like a seven second part of the movie. And it's a minute, that song. Yeah, he rocks it on the stage. Mate, and he, you can't take your eyes off the fucking TV when yeah. he's there. And he, he's still got a fan page. You know, people still – it's such an iconic Mate, little part it. of the movie. I'm joining yeah. it tonight. Yeah. So he he was a um, 
saxophonist for Peter Gabriel. Oh. And he went a bit Corey Feldman. He, he got on the gear and, and uh, lost a little bit. And that's when he, he cleaned himself up. And then he, because he, he also worked for Tina Turner after that, but he basically got back into that and started bodybuilding and then started doing all this stuff with the it's shirt off jacked. and He's throwing the baby oil on. And yeah, so he did a lot of work for, for some famous people. Mate. Um, after that, but he quit, quit, quit all that in 79 and stuck, took, up the, took up the weights instead. Yeah, well, he's super jacked. I tell you what, one thing that's really close to my heart here is the video shop. Fucking love it. Seeing the old clamshells of the videos, seeing the big standee of European vacation, seeing the point of sale for the Goonies. It was awesome. It was just good to see a good old-fashioned video. Story I, did, I did want to ask. I was I was confused a bit by the um, the, the plexiglass cutouts hanging from the ceiling, the, uh, the fluoro colours. I wasn't sure how that added to the customer experience in the video shop. But uh, yeah, look, I also... Didn't... I didn't have that in my video shop. That's for sure. Certainly, certainly and and did. I didn't. I didn't have the adult section in as prominent section as what he had it next to the yeah. fucking counter. <laughs> there was absolutely no reason for old Maxi to have the adult section, which would not have been worthy anyway. It was R-rated tripe, a la Night Moves on Foxtel, R.I.P. And and to have it in such a prominent spot is you know poor business management. But anyway. That, that, look, that was just really close to my heart. I loved it. I actually, did, and another did thing. Did your old boy? Did your old boy have the night moves in his Foxtel package? <laughs> he he didn't know he did, but he did. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know he did, but it was definitely there. Uh, long. Well, there's a very good story, which is not for this uh, podcast. It's for it's for born to watch after hours. The night moves. <laughs> Oh. I got another good. I got another good. Um, we talked about two two more goods. Dirt squirters on the beach. Just as, as a young uh, a young fella, yet to become uh, enamoured by motorcycles. Seeing that was very fucking cool. With yeah. the, the outfits they were riding and getting on. But one thing that really when often you picture yourself in a role in the movie and, and you as a character, and it's something that directors often good. play up. But I, I in fact, I, I pictured you, Whitey, in in this movie, and so oh, when they. When they do the under the train track scene where um, they have to hang on when the train comes up, I just pictured your pathetic noodles, how much they uh, wouldn't have helped you as you were trying to hang on there. You you would have lasted two seconds before you dropped into... I would have gone first. I would have gone first. I I would have gone first. Yeah, I would have gone first even before the train got there. I would have gone first and they would have had to dive to catch me. (laughs) So yeah, I thought that was a cool scene as well. But I, we didn't. And so comic book. I've got a real problem with comic books as well because uh, did, did you guys ever get into comics at all? No, not no, really. not really. No. So comic comic books. Uh, it can be argued have been a bit of a bane on the industry because they really uh, take a, the lion's share of of the dollars that are now spent on films to, to build out the, the Marvel universe. But I, yeah, it was quite a, a big part of um, of of the story in, in Lost Boys, but I just I never got into comic books. I just wondered if you guys did as well. I didn't remember either of you doing it, but uh, <laughs> old Sam not liking horror horror comics. Um, yeah, I just thought that, uh, that it was maybe uh, foreshadowing what was to come in our I've, lives. I've, Mad Magazine was about as far as Yeah, I had a lot of Mad yeah. Magazines. Love yeah, the Mad Magazine. Me too, me too. Um, okay. Uh, just, just about that, you know, motorbikes on the beach is cool, but why did they need them? Yeah, but, but what about... We, They're we, vampires. Yeah, they can I know, fly. I know, I know. <laughs> so why do they want to go to the no, bike no, when they what, can fly? No, but, but, but do you know why they needed them? 
because it was um, Chekhov's motorbike at the start of the movie when Michael's riding his motorbike so that it was like, oh, I'm one of these guys. Right. I can be in the cool gang because I've got a bike, they've got a bike. That's how they get him that's, in. Yeah, that's that's the that's the him going, well, I can be them. Yeah, Chekhov's motorbike. It's it's a famous trope from the 80s, Morgs, as we learn in film it's school. For actually, I'm sure we'll hear more about that later. Your take on it is not as silly as the, the delivery you gave it. So it's uh, yes. it actually, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of it like that, but it yeah. probably is well, that, a way to Again, it's exactly why. Him. Yeah, mm. exactly why. Oh, you couldn't agree with you more? Yeah, well, that's right. Thank you. Thank you. Again, I, that's why I'm the host, all right? So just stay in your lane, cunt. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, sorry, Joshy. Sorry, Joshy. It wasn't me, Josh. Okay, so let's move into the bad and uh, let's keep on. Let's keep it going the same way, Gal. What do you got for bad? I've got the your dead meat scene. So these vampires are flying around, ripping the tops off cars, ripping doors off cars, dragging people around. And then when they get attacked in their lair and not going into the full, you know, massive piece of steak that goes through Bill and Ted's excellent adventure guy, it goes through him. Instead of jumping down and grabbing these kids, he yells out, you're dead meat. And then they scramble and run out of the place. So it just, just flies in the face of the whole other scenes where they're flying around and, and taking out the first, they take out the patrol guard in at the start. Then they take out the couple at the beach later on. Then they take out the, all the punk guys at the beach as well. So your, your take is the vampires aren't realistic enough for you, G Mini. <laughs> yes. I also gotcha. think that at the end, they get beaten up pretty quickly by a bunch of kids. Yeah. Because they're in the know. Oh, right. They're in the know. They're the Frog Brothers, mate. They're in the know. Anyway, so, that's my bad. Th- okay. Yeah, good. It's a good one. Morgs, you got anything? Uh, it's, if, we had an early segment in this podcast where I was meant to come up with strange names of the movies from other markets, and I fucked it off because I couldn't be asked. But in, in doing some research for this one, I actually stumbled upon some bad because it did have a different title in overseas markets. So in Argentina, it was released as Don't Let Mum Find Out. In Greece, it was called The Children of the Night. In Portugal, it was called The Boys of the Night. And in Taiwan, it was called Rough Juveniles. Wow. Yeah, they were pretty it's bad. Shit house. Mm. It's shit house. That's some bad names. That is some bad. You give love a bad name, Morg. <laughs> That's all I got. That was, that was okay. as bad as I got. Okay, I got, I, I got a couple. You have... The dress sense in the good, and I have it in the bad. It's so good that it's bad, right? Yeah, it's so terrible. A, that's a quick one. Again, with the eighties stalking trope, right? Michael stalks Jamie Gertz through the through the crowd. There's just something about the eighties and stalking. I just think it was the done thing. I'm. I think that's bad. He's creepy. He just stares. He, he just stare. stares at her in the yeah. crowd. It's like he's never seen a female before. Yeah. It's like he's never seen a female before, and it's embarrassing. Like you're a good looking dude, Michael. You don't need to be creeping on chicks. They should be, you know, stalking you. Man, the again, guy turns, he turns into a vampire and he's a little bit concerned that he's going to be a vampire for the rest of his life and he goes to find out how he can not be a vampire anymore in the lair and then he thinks, oh, I'll just quickly root Jamie Gertz and then I'll worry again a, a <laughs> bit worry about, about him not being a, Yeah, so it's yeah. – uh, Michael's – he's definitely – He's going through uh, some hormone changes and, and his, well, his logical thinking probably isn't uh, as sound as it should be. Well, he's leading with his dick. It's a big problem for him. It, it is. could have ended it very is. badly for him. And my last one is, again, 
it reeks of Roadhouse, this movie. Where the fuck are the cops? There are so many missing people. There are missing person signs all over the town. And they just go about their business like it's fucking normal. How many people need to disappear in a town before people go, we got a fucking problem here. Uh, let's try and fo- solve the problem. Well, that's it. Laddie goes missing, the young kid. Yeah. And the security guy goes missing. And then the people on the beach and there's nothing. Yeah, no one's ever talking about but, it. But that's the ones that we see. Yep. There's, there's people putting pictures up all over Santa yeah. Clara. It also moves a little quickly. I mean, it seems like that first night, you know, he, he sees Star and then sees the next night. And then they go out and they, you know, he drinks the blood. They trick him into drinking the blood. It's, a, it's another movie where you can say, how long does this take? Yes. How long does this movie go for? Because it could go for three days. Because he's, but Diane Wee says to him at one stage, she goes, oh, you're, you're always out. So you, there's only that yeah. little point that sort of makes it that, hey, this has been happening for yeah. X amount of time. Yeah. But it seems like it's just a couple of days. It does. Yes, it does. Anyway. Okay. You got anything for Ugly? No, I do. Yes, I've got moves. I've got uh, two things for Ugly. So uh, the sequels starring Corey Feldman. So Lost Boys: The Tribe in two thousand and eight, and Lost Boys: The Thirst in two thousand and ten. So interestingly enough, uh, Kiefer Sutherland didn't make it back for either of those, but his brother Angus Sutherland actually starred in the sequel Lost Boys: The Tribe, which is the first of the two sequels. So uh, strangely enough, I've seen neither of those and uh, not um, not going to make a beeline to on the line to see if I can watch them today. I'll tell you a story about the two Lost Boys sequels. I had them in the video shop. They quickly became ex-rental videos with no rentals and they're out on the front table being sold quick fucking smart. Yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. No There's a, it's been rumoured of a fourth one, which was actually going to reunite many of the original cast, but then oh, poor old Corey Haim uh, passed away from treating his body like a playground, much like the Santa Clara. Santa Clara. Yeah, so uh, that was. I don't think that'll be happening anytime soon. Although, did I read somewhere that there is talk of another, yet another one? I know we were talking about Roadhouse but looking like it's going to get a remake. Well, that's been Roadhouse, great. definitely, yeah. That's Jake Gyllenhaal mm. starring. Yep. And bloody Conor McGregor's in it. Yes. Yeah. He's going to have some role. Who knows how much? He'll be Keith David. Yeah. <laughs> just Hopefully. Pour, pouring a coffee at the yeah, back that's and it. just handing it over. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that was, sorry, that was okay. my ugly. That uh, was it. Two, okay. two sequels I would never, ever watch. Yeah, no, you're right there. You're right there. Okay. So, we'll move into Listen to This. We talk about a bit of trivia. This is where Gow excels. Talk about a bit of trivia about the movie. What do you got, Gow? Got anything? Sorry, sorry. Just looking. Warner Brothers is planning to take another bite out of 1980s cult hit The Lost Boys with a modern take. Oh, this is. I like... thought I read. I thought I read that somewhere. Yeah. Starring Noah Jupe and Jaden Martell, two of the oh, two of the biggest yeah. up and coming oh, stars in Hollywood. That's well, Jupe, Jupe was in a quiet place, so he must have been the kid in a quiet place. And the kids in, in a quiet place are about four, aren't they? Yeah. Well. Yeah. But how old's that movie? I now, think so? he's. I think his parents are, are perfume uh, people. Okay. Jupe. <laughs> oh. It's a dad joke. You, you only know Dracar Noir. Mate, no. What was the one? Jazz. I used to wear jazz. We all would have oh, worn yes. jazz when we were fucking teenagers. Yeah. Didn't you wear Windex yeah. like Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I never got to Windex. Um, uh, sorry, where were we? It would have been just as successful. It would have been just as successful as the fucking jazz I wore when I was a teenager. <laughs> Just, yeah. All I had was my jazz hands. Um, notable quotables. Are we, going, are we just skipping straight to there? Oh, sorry. Is, I thought no you more said, listen to this. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you got anything Go more? Listen to this. I got to listen to this. 
I've got I've got a good one. Yeah, go, Morgs. So apparently, I don't I don't remember this, but Kiefer Sutherland and Julia Roberts were engaged to be yeah, married. They were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes. Before they could get to the wedding, Julia Roberts ran off with who do you think she ran off with? Is it Jason Patrick? Yes. It's Jason Patrick. Yeah. Ran off with Jason Patrick to Ireland and left a, a jilted Kiefer Sutherland at the altar. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, and apparently Jason Patrick and him were were very close friends. So, yeah, that's uh, I don't remember this being a big yeah. thing. But uh, but they didn't yeah. end up getting married, the two of them, did they? No. No. It was, and, and Sutherland's gone on record as saying it would have been stupid for us to get married anyway. But that, at the time... I don't think he thought that it was good for his mate to be stoinking his ex-missile right. in Ireland. Well, I think that Kiefer Sutherland and, and Julie Roberts together on when flat when they were filming Flatline. Yes, right. they were like the big Hollywood couple. Yep. Yeah, yep. 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 Okay, did you know that this film took twenty-one days to shoot? What are you talking? Twenty-one about? days to shoot this that whole can't be, that can't fucking be movie, mate. It started on June two. Yeah. Oh, sorry, three weeks and 21 days. So it took, it took, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, though, but hold let's on, hear about hold it. Hold on, hold on, Hear about it. Hold on. That's six three weeks. weeks and 21 days. That's six weeks. <laughs> that's six weeks. That's six I mean, weeks. It, that's, that's a tight schedule. That's 42 days. That's 42 the, days. That's yeah. fucking, that's ridiculous. That's, that's not they unheard were, of. They but, were on the uh, set of, that, that, it took Jaws. 176 days to shoot. Yeah, and they filmed this movie yeah. in 42 days. Now, sure, it's not the same movie that Jaws is. <laughs> they didn't have a big mechanical fish in that one. Yeah. No, they didn't. But they, you know, they had vampires, mate. Yeah, true. There you go. And they, so had dogs, the- and they had dogs that bark when their mouths aren't open, when they're chasing people with their tongues hanging out of their mouth. <laughs> trying to be vicious. It looks like he's going to just jump on and lick it to death. Nanook. I missed the production meeting before the pod, but are we allowed to just make shit up for listen to this now? Because I can change uh, my approach to it a lot. Well, I didn't make it up. I just fucked it up. There's a difference. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you saved it with the three weeks and 21 days, though. Yeah. Four score and seven <laughs> days. No one will know. No one will know. No one will know. It will just seem like it's just, I know what I'm talking about. This was for forty-two days. Oh, we're going to keep this in the power. Welcome to the real. Welcome to the, welcome to the real born to watch. Got anything <laughs> more for listening to this? I do. Yep. Jim Carrey was considered for the role of David. He'd been in a film called Once Bitten. Yes. Previously, as a vampire yeah, with Lauren Hutton. Yes, but uh, obviously, I'm not sure what happened with that. Whether he turned it down, but obviously went to Kiefer. And speaking of Kiefer, he. He actually wore gloves in the movie. He was only supposed to wear them in the first scene, but he broke his wrist doing a wheelie on the bike. And then he had to wear it for the whole movie. The gloves? Yeah, and, and they had to change his bike to, um, to be left-handed because he, he'd broken his right hand, so they had to change it, yeah. Right, so no stuntmen? No, so he's left-handed. Could only use his left hand. Yeah, it happened to me in 98. It was a cruel Apparently it felt different riding the bike. It was a cruel five weeks. <laughs> Riding the bike left-handed, I'll give you the tip. Right man in the grand final, for five weeks I had to ride left-handed. It was a fucking rough time. Okay, enough of uh, listen to this. We've really scraped the bottom of the barrel on that one. And uh, let's move into one degree of Kurt Russell. 
a All second right. week of one degree of Kurt Russell. Anyone got anything for this? I do. Gow does. One degree of Kurt Russell. Edward Herman, who was Max in this movie, played Grant Staten III in Overboard in 1987, same year. Really? Which starred? Kurt Russell and Goldie Horn. There you go. That was an easy one. Well done, Gal. Well done, Gal. No, that wasn't that easy. No, I, I actually didn't find one. I look. I didn't look for. I didn't look for long because I knew the stats man would bring it. Middle. Please. And this is from the guy that was like very concerned about one degree of Kurt Russell. I yeah, was. he smoked it. One degree, and and you know what? I've got a feeling. I've got an inkling about the movie we might do next, and it's another fucking sinful one. We may not be able to do it, but we might not be able to do one degree of Kurt Russell next week. Okay, notable quotables. What do we got? You know what? This movie actually doesn't have a lot of memorable quotes. There's a few funny... Yeah. I, I went through this. There's a few funny ones, but nothing really stands out. The yeah. one I've got here is when Grandpa is going, he's leaving the house to see the Widow Johnson and says he's got to deliver some of his stuffed animals to her. And Michael says to him, what did you stuff for her, Mr. Johnson? How <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, good is it? Uh, there's also a couple when when they're converting Michael. Drink some of this, Michael. Be one of us. Initiation's over, Michael. Time to join the club. Which could yeah. have been the, could have been the Yoda Club, for all we know. <laughs> well, when when we do some Born to Watch merch, there will be a Yoda Club shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually going to be in the first run. It's going to be in the first run of. Born to watch merch. It's going to be join the Yoda Club. And it's just going to have a white piece of dog shit on the back of it. <laughs> what about death by stereo? Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. That's yeah. funny in the bath. Yeah. I think I was with you, Wardy. I actually didn't write any down, but I thought Corey, Corey Hayam got all the best yeah. lines. Um, yeah. You know, most of them are a bit on the nose, but uh, no, it's, it's definitely not a. Not like all the other movies we've done, which we quote every week. It's uh, I'm not, I don't walk around quoting Lost nah, Boys. it's it's not very quotable. It's so look, yeah. The Frog Brothers have a few, but there's nothing really that jumps out as, as a really really good one-liners. Nah. So I think we move on. There's not many quotes there. Um, okay, well it's that time of the week. Film school for fuckwits. Yes, fellow fuckwits, thank you, Whitey. Uh, I, I foreshadowed this a little bit in your third question of the night earlier on when you asked about uh, the best vampire movies. I think you said of the 80s, but uh, I think we, we should have a bit of a wider look at that. And I also need to apologise. I did listen a bit to the podcast last week, and I've been dribbling on a bit in film school for fuckwits. I'm going to tighten it up a bit this week. But uh, one thing I wanted to... To, uh, to for us to all take a look at were five vampire movies that are so, so fucking shit and five that are skill. So uh, I broke them into two categories and the five that I came up with that are so, so fucking shit are Twilight, Twilight New Moon, Twilight Eclipse, Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 1 and Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2. So just just a recap if if you don't remember the uh the phenomena that was was Twilight. So Chris, Kristen Stewart was Bella who's a new girl who doesn't know how beautiful she is. Oh that that's not a trope that's used very often. And the Cullens are the hot rich kids in town who are also vampires. And Robert Pattinson, he plays Edward Cullen, who isn't sure if he wants to eat Bella or go out with her. 
And Edward Cullen is also a 100-year-old virgin who's been in high school for about half a century. And uh, Bella's only consistent character motivation, for what I can tell, for the entire movie or the, the, the entire five movies is mm. that she wants to get fucked by Robert Pattinson <laughs> and become immortal. So, uh, yeah, and that's, that's over 12 hours of screen time. So, uh, yeah, that's fair to say that uh, those are the, the worst vampire movies in recent memory, despite how many tickets they sold to teenage girls during the time. Uh, a bonus six shit vampire movie is Vampire in Brooklyn with Eddie Murphy, which we talked about <laughs> yeah, last week. Good call. Good so call. you get a bonus. So uh, with that... Sorry, you go. I, I lived through the Twilight phenomenon when I had the video shop. You would have made some good freight out of it. I the made Twilight a lot. Series. I did. No, I made yeah. a lot of freight off the earlier ones. They became less popular as they went on. Yeah. But the first Twilight movie, the, the scary thing was, was the 30 and 40-year-old women coming into high rate. Oh. There are a lot of appalled looks that I give them as I took their money <laughs> <laughs> and, and, hoped, and hoped that they would get late fees. Yeah. Yeah, look, it was a sad phenomenon. I never got it. I've never watched – I've watched snippets of the first Twilight movie and that's only because it was on in the shop because one of the girls would put it on and I'd be like, are you fucking for real? Like, yeah. come on, put Big Trouble in Little China on. <laughs> I've, never watched a, I've never watched a skerrick of yeah, any of those movies. It, it, there is there is no need. Now, I, I've done – I did all the Harry Potters. I did the Hunger Games. They're watchable. I've done all those sort of phenomenons that have been of late. Don't go near Twilight. If you do, you're pathetic. What are the, what are the yeah. good ones, Morgs? Yeah, so that, that was the, the so, so fucking shit. But five vampire movies that are skill. Uh, <laughs> here's, here's five that uh, I'd like to bring up. So Blade with Wesley Snipes, 1998. Um, first one was good. I thought it was it was good. The sequels were were, um, were pretty crapola. But uh, do you guys remember Blade? Yeah, the second yep. one's not bad. second one's directed by Guillermo del Toro. The right. second one is actually not bad. Yeah, the third okay. one's got Ryan Reynolds and Jessica Biel in it. Not great, but the first no. two are good. Yeah, the first two. Yep. Are good. No, I like yep. like the first one. Um, a a, a recent ish one, which uh, I think is very funny, is What We Do in the Shadows, which Brilliant. was uh, yeah co-written by Jermaine Clement Jermaine and, and Taika Waititi. Yeah, yep. so funny as balls. Mm. Um, it's it's three three vampires living in Wellington. And struggling with the mundane aspects of modern life, like paying rent, so keeping up with the chill wheel, trying to get into nightclubs, and overcoming flatmate conflicts. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's since become a TV show as well. It has it, it, in New Zealand and also an international version as well. Yep. So, yeah, very, um, very good. Something completely different, but it definitely flips the a lot of the vampire tropes on the on the head and um, makes them a bit more like us. So, yes. uh, very good. Um, the original. Buffy the Vampire Slayer from 1992. Christy Swanson. Christy Swanson. Luke Perry. Luke Perry. Uh, RIP. Donald Sutherland. Rutger Hoyer. Um, yeah, not not bad. Obviously started the, the whole Buffy phenomena that went on. Um, was directed by Joss Whedon. Whedon, yeah, Joss Whedon. Whedon, yeah, who yep. went on to do the TV series as well. But, yeah, haven't, haven't seen it for a little while, but remember it fondly as yeah, very self-aware and uh, and a good use of vampires, I thought. So definitely. Yeah, I watched. I watched. Watch I watched the original film with Belle, <laughs> my yeah. eight-year-old daughter, about uh, maybe eight months ago. And then I thought it might be a good idea to start her on the TV series with Sarah Michelle Gellar. And for there's obviously it's very angsty. Oh my god! If you go and revisit the and it's on Disney. If you go and revisit the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's got some of the worst 
teen angst music you've ever seen in a show. It's is it, fucking is terrible. Is she always trying to root David Boreaga? Well, that, not, uh, David Boreans. David Boreans. No, it. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a mix between Manuel Noriega and David Boreans. Yeah, got um, it. So it's so angsty. It's actually very difficult to watch, but my eight-year-old daughter froths it. Oh, the melodrama. It's Just now gotten it. to the... So they went through high school and it was that do we, don't we have sex, you know, Angel and Buffy and... Angel went bad and Isabel was up and down with it. Oh my God, she was so emotional. Then Angel went and now it's it's they're in college and it's a fuck fest. Right. I've had to we had to stop watching it because the last episode we watched, Buffy was getting ploughed for 50 minutes. <laughs> it, Sarah Michelle Geller. Yeah, she was getting ploughed for 50 minutes the whole episode. She was getting Goodness. boned up in a bedroom while the world was imploding because the bad spirits were because she was having sex. It was terrible. And, and I'm sitting there with Megan and Isabel and Megan's looking at me cross-eyed from across the couch. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and so we actually had to stop. So we've had to stop at sort of season four, episode 16. We've done a lot of episodes of Buffy and we've now started Baywatch from the start. <laughs> season one, episode one, Baywatch. Oh, revisiting the yeah. classics. Uh, yeah. Good work, Bill. Uh, anyway, yeah, so anyway, I digressed a bit there. Keep going, Walt. Yeah, so, um, I mean, they, there's those threes, but two others. I think the last two uh, are classed as excellent and um, and certainly uh, vampire movies that are skills. So, 1996 from Dustal Dawn, uh, George Clooney, Salma Hayek, Cheech Marin, Quentin Tarantino, directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, co-written by Tarantino and, and Rodriguez. It just, it's just a quirky, stylish film. Like, it's, it's not what was expected. It's George Clooney playing against... Heart type, yeah, I think it's definitely. fair to say. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a bit of a rat bag in that one, but um, comes good at the end. But just for the first time you see this, it's super creepy and uh, sexy and, and, and super well, stylish it starts, and funny. It, it yeah. starts out as a road movie. It starts yeah, out yeah. as a – and then it just absolutely flips on its head once it gets to the titty twister. Yeah. And I didn't – you don't see that coming. <laughs> see, I, and I actually think I actually think we all saw that together at the movies. Yeah, we, could, we yeah, all yeah. saw that together at Ring of I knew yeah. that it was a vampire movie. None of you guys knew that no. it was a vampire movie. No. And, That's and probably I, why I think fondly about it. Yeah, because yeah. I had no idea. But I was quite enjoying it. it, that movie. And it's a, you're right, it's a yeah. and, and Clooney's really good in yeah. it. And Quentin Tarantino and was Quentin seriously, seriously, yeah. creepy. seriously and, creepy. And yeah. then all of a sudden it takes that turn, and yeah. I wasn't sure how I felt about Harvey that. Harvey Keitel's in it. Yeah. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis as well. Now, the funny a funny thing is that Quentin Tarantino wrote that movie with Robert Rodriguez. Quentin Tarantino has a foot fetish. Quentin Tarantino wrote the scene that he sucks Selma Hayek's toes. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Like, talk about the man, yeah. right? Talk about the man. Oh, he's a freak. Yeah. He's a freak. But no, that's a, definitely a great example of vampires in celluloid. But the, the last one you might not have heard of, um, but it, it's something I would implore all of our fellow fuckwits to go out and watch tomorrow. It's that good. 2008, it's a Swedish film called Let the Right One In. Yeah. Uh, it's about a, a, a young boy called Oscar who uh, befriends uh, a strange girl, Eli, and they're only young. They're, they're probably 10 yeah. years old, the yeah, two of them. Yeah, and he, he's, bu- he's bullied and kind of overlooked and um, he, he befriends her. I, I, I can't do it justice in that synopsis I just gave it. All I'm saying, fuckwits, go and watch it. Let the right one in. It is superb and uh, I think definitely a, a school movie. It's been remade. It's been remade. Let me in. Don't bother with that. 
going, let's nah. let the right one in. It is a, a slow burn. It, it does not. It's subtitles. You're going to have to put a bit of effort in. But it it's, does uh, it's not well surprise me that you chose this movie, Morgs, because you are such well, a fuckwit. Right? You won't let me do any fucking films I actually like, so I'm just going to sneak it into film school. I, I can't believe, so that, uh, I cannot believe you've left out Fright Night. I, well, because I, you mentioned Fright Night before, and I watched Fright Night a lot when we were. That was the only other real horror yeah, it was a movie that we watched. Definitely yeah, so I know I, I knew that we would get to it, and I didn't yeah. think we'd get to it early in the pod. But anyway, that's the end of Film School for Fuckwits. Yeah. Well done. You can riff on vampire movies now with uh, expert knowledge from your favourite industry uh, veteran. Oh, well yeah. well done, Morgs. You, you really tightened that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I thought I'd make it more interactive this week as well. So yeah, I got, I got it down to about nineteen minutes. So no, uh, that was good. No, I got to say, I got to say, you you are quite the fuckwit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, Fright Night. Um, go. Great. Love Fright Night. It's one of the same, great same. one of the great vampire movies of all time, and definitely. Oh, and this is when I talked about the question about whether Lost Boys is Lost Boys the greatest vampire movie of the eighties. I'm going to say no. I think Fright Night is a better vampire movie than Lost Boys. I think Lost Boys is a cooler, edgier, emo, more stylish, stylish yeah. version. But in terms of an actual creepy vampire movie, mate, Fright Night is the best. I got so many fond if, memories of Fright Night. I'd never seen it. I don't. William I Ragsdale. Don't really like William Ragsdale from uh, Herman's Head fame. Uh, yeah, like it's it's so fucking good. I um I don't like horror films. I don't I don't gravitate towards them. I haven't seen any of the the torture porn movies that uh, old mate from Inglorious Bastards does. What's his name? Eli Roth. Yeah, Eli Roth. Yep. The bear. Yeah. I, the saws. I probably saw the first saw, but I didn't watch the rest. I, I just don't dig them. But Fright Night, I remember really fondly as a yeah. kid watching that and and thinking it had the right mix of of jump scares, but not not ridiculous. So uh, yeah, I, no, really good call, great movie. Okay, well there we go. There's Fright Night. If you haven't seen the original Fright Night, it was actually remade in the two thousands yeah. with Colin Farrell, and it's heinous. Don't watch yeah. it. Go back to the original. It's a way better movie. Look like you got something. Oh, I was just thinking another one just popped up. I'm thinking about which is not a vampire, but American Werewolf in London. Yeah, it's that's one of my favourite movies. Fantastic of all time. movie. Yeah, yeah. It's, but you're right, yeah, it's, not, it's a not, not a vampire movie. Not quite a vampire movie. No, it's a weird. Yeah, I'm not sure what what it has to do with this conversation, but it, yeah, it is a good movie. So uh, nice I was one. just thinking, it just came up when it we were looking at and, and look, it's it, yeah, it's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so another quality film school for fuckwits from more. It's a little bit of a change of direction there, and we quite enjoyed it. I'm glad we've all learned a little bit more about Morgs and his independent films because he's a cock. So now we're getting to what we've all been waiting for, which is the Stan Bush kick-ass credit song. And this week, it's Dan up there on Sunny Payne's land. Live from the panic room, it's Dan on the land with his kick-ass credit song. Take it away. Well, I mean, it's not that live. This is a week later because I forgot that it was my turn to do the kick-ass credit song. So uh, anyway, we got around to it eventually. So I, uh, it gave me a, a bit more time to think. And uh, actually, I changed my song this week because I went back and because uh, I already know what happens in this podcast. So spoiler alert, I thought that the actual superstar of the episode was actually, and, and probably not given enough credit, was the director, Joel Schumacher, and not for anything he did <laughs> on The Lost Boys, but just because he was such a mad rooter. So I 
I thought about that, and I just I thought, you know, what what would Joel, what does Joel Schumacher need to immortalise himself as the swordsman that he is? And I came up with twenty thousand down, but still coming for you, which is the name of the song. So he's coming, uh, he's coming with a U or with an O. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> but, uh, I'll let I'll let you decide after the song. So anyway, here it is: twenty thousand down, but still coming for you. Love it. Corey Feldman's on the bags last night. He needs a good talking to. Kiefer said he could ride a dirt bike. Then he snapped his wrist in two. Jason Patrick don't want to be a team vampire. He's a serious thespian. Santa Cruz don't like the spray paint we write. No Alaska sequel without teen girl lesbians. You might think I'm stressing. But all of this I can't get through. My private life is free of repression. But I'm 20,000 down, but still coming for you. 20,000 down and I'm coming for you. I must have mad Ruder King to sheep my sword with you. I'm 20,000 down and I'm coming for you. Had more roots than Wilton, Gene, and Warren, Beatty, Jack, and Leo, too. I'm 20,000 down and I'm coming for you. It's lights out on the film set. This next scene is just for us too. 20,000 down and I'm coming for you. Oh, Dan. Well played, sir. I dips my lid to you, Mr. Joel Schumacher. That's uh, Stan Bush's kick-ass credit song for the day, just as my mum and wife walked in to hear the end of that. And, And I must say that the power ballad is taking form. I tell you, it's uh, it, I, and uh, the perp who got up me for singing the same melody for all my songs was definitely front of <laughs> front of mind when thinking I had to change it up. Mm. So uh, yeah, hopefully I was out, able, to, able to give a bit more out of that one than my standard four four uh, same melody every track. So yeah, oh, anyway, yeah. there we go. Well played, Dan. Another quality kick ass credit song in the fold, and the tour shirt is on the way. Okay, guys, it's time for star of the show. Who we got? Gow, who's your star of the show? Kiefer Sutherland. Yep. yep. It's an easy one, I know, but he's really good. Yeah. Uh, like his performance is great in this movie. Plays that role really, really well. Yep. Quite enjoyed it. Yeah, he's good. I can't argue. Uh, Morgs, what do you got? G Money is on the money with that one. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Well played. Yeah, I know. It's three from three. It's Kiefer Sutherland's movie. He's got the smolder. He steals the show. There's no doubt. Love him. Good on Go you, Kiefer. And uh, I'm Team Kiefer. <laughs> What just Quifa? Well done, Quifa. Did I call him Quifa? <laughs> okay, final thoughts. So as we said earlier, this movie just exploded in the late 80s and the early 90s, and if you hadn't seen it, you definitely weren't a member of the Bat Pack. But we all did. We all loved Lost Boys and at Cromer High, School for the Criminally Gifted, it was a big part of our lives. And if we, you know, we would watch this regularly and rewatch it and rewatch it. On a rewatch, it does hold up well. I really enjoyed Lost Boys. I will watch it again. It's going to be one of these ones where I just, I think I continue to watch whenever I'm looking for something to do and I've got nothing else and I'm feeling like a bit of emo, goth, vampire vibe. Lost Boys will be it for me. What do you think? I, I will watch it again. I won't go out of my way to watch it, I don't think. Rewatching it now. I haven't seen it for a long time. Rewatching it now is good. Yeah, it holds up pretty well. 
But uh, yeah, not something I'll be going out of my way to do. Okay, Morgs. Yeah, I, I enjoyed rewatching it. I hadn't seen it in a long time, but I'm going to bid it farewell. I think that's it for me. I think uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it, but have no need to revisit it again. So thank you, Lost Boys. You give me a lot of fun over the years. Uh, that's uh, that's that's it for the two of us. They're a bit like Julia and Kifa back in the day when Jason Patrick came in and cut your lunch. Now we're going to get to the ratings. Now I've got a couple options here for us that I've done as part of my research that I do. So it can be maggot fried rice. Mm, oh, good. good. It can be dangly earrings. Mm. It can be deer antlers. Mm. Or it can be missing persons. I think it's maggot fried rice. I think you, you know. Yeah, it. maggot fried rice. Yeah, I think yeah. it's maggot fried rice. I think mm. it's maggot fried rice. Okay, so Morgs, how many maggot fried rices are you going to give the Lost Boys? Oh, it's it's a good flick. I'm going to give it a three. Three maggot fried rices. Well done, Schumacher. You mad, mad rooter. Excellent play. Okay, well done, well done. And you, Gal? Three for me. Yeah. It's going to be one of these ones which is going to be easy because I'm giving it three as well, which means... Where does that sit us? So where does this put it in the pantheon at three maggot fried rices of the Born to Watch ladder? Okay, at three maggot fried rices, we are one below backdraft, which came in at 3.33 trictochlorate cans, but above the golden child at two and a half ajunti daggers. Wow, so that's right down the bottom. So it is in... 12th spot. 12th spot. Yeah. Wowzers. So okay. it's, it's down, but hey, that's where it sits. I thought that yeah. might get up a little higher, I but when you look what's high. above it, Tombstone, Major League, Commando, Beverly Hills Cop, Step Brothers. There's a yeah. lot of competition. Not, yeah. yeah. yeah can't is. beat. Yeah. Can't beat. Can't beat a lot of those movies. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So 12th spot. There we go. Three maggot fried rices for the Lost Boys. Now, what are you watching, Gal? What do you got for us this week? Haven't been watching much this week. The real, a, the real world's been kicking in. Yeah, you've been a busy man, haven't you? Been a busy man. So actually, a job that pays you something. Yeah. So I, I watched Animal Kingdom again. I'm, I'm, I'm drip feeding that. It's, it's only episode a week at the moment, so I have to just wait, yeah. wait wow. till Monday nights for the current season. But apart from that, nothing. Well, you might be Ellen barking up the wrong tree with one episode a week. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You're on fire with the dad jokes tonight. Boom tush, boom tush, boom tush, and Morgs, boom tush, boom tush. What do you got, Morgs? Uh, I've been watching Netflix that uh, the Woodstock doco, the three-part series yeah, on the quality. '99 version of. Do- I've seen it twice now. Um, yeah, it's it's horrific, but uh, yeah. very watchable. And of course, Better Call Saul, which is getting just inching closer to conclusion. So get out there and watch it. Fuck with. Yeah, I'm pumped for the yeah. final of uh, Better Call Saul. Can't wait. Yeah, I want to. I want to get back into that. I'm, I'm up. I'm a couple of seasons in, but I need to get really? right back on yeah, it. Yeah. What are you doing? Well, I've been watching Breaking Bad because it's such a good show. Fuck how you How are you going, Mr. Okay, two Episodes? So, so what I've been watching <laughs> is something that's on Foxtel for the Aussies, and it's also it's an ESPN production, 30 for 30. It's The Captain about Derek Jeter. It's freaking amazing. It's oh, yeah. really, really yeah, good. Yeah. It talks about him. What from, was so good about Jeter? Why was, why was he so revered? He was drafted out of high school. He was the first-round pick for the Yankees. They fell in his lap. They fell, Well, he fell in their lap at, at yeah. the uh, sixth pick in the draft. And he did a couple of years in the minors and struggled and then suddenly clicked and became the minor league player of the of the year and then just led them to four World Series while he was involved, five World Series while he was involved. He, he became the what captain. What was his go? Was, he was a shortstop. Was, was he an infielder? Yeah, shortstop. he was a shortstop. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and, looking, and he just did – he sort of did everything right. Look, he wasn't – he didn't hit for power, but he – he had a good average batting average. He was he was solid in the field. The documentary is amazing. 
anything ESPN 30 for 30 is quality. And this, yeah, it's and really what good. they've even since Bill Simmons left, it's it's still yeah, it's still high but quality. It, this is this is right along the lines of the last dance of Michael Jordan. This is what it's that type okay. of oh, wow. yeah, where it's it's that in depth yeah. and he's he's right involved with the production of it. So there's sort of a no holds barred approach to it, which is great. So definitely worth the watch. Uh, it's on ESPN two, I think, on Foxtel. Yeah. Watch it. It's great. It's really, really good. Okay, good cool. tip. Yep. Thank you. Okay, so another amazing episode down. This one was a long one. Yeah. I don't even think the edit's going to save this one. This one's going to be a long one about uh, a movie that finished 12th in our ladder. So what's... <laughs> hey, Work yeah. that one out, Jalzy. I, I think we're actually going to have a record that the podcast is going to be longer than the movie. <laughs> well, I tell you what, at, at this it's point... It's going to be longer than the movie. At this point, our recording says 1 minute 41. And the movie goes for 97 minutes. Yep. And I know we're going to cut out about six or seven minutes when Morgs talks absolute shit before we start. But that's going to be close. It's going to be very, very close. Andy Marsden, this is my gift to you, mate. You can, uh, you'll can you only have to listen to this three times <laughs> to get through next Wednesday. So what movie are we going to do next week? I know you're all waiting with bated breath. Well, yeah, I'm curious. we are heading to hope. Oh, really? Oh. We're heading to Hope. It's time. Well, that's wow. cool. Morgs and I have actually been to Hope. Have you? Yeah. Well, when we were travelling. It, it took the 99th percentile mm. of this fucking episode for you to talk about your travels. It's a miracle. <laughs> we're going to Hope. Rambo. John Jay. Love it. One Can't of the greatest movies one. ever made. Yeah. This is going to be very... Yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a bold statement to the podcast universe. This is going to be very difficult to not prematurely adulate. But I can't wait to do our first sliced alone movie. And one degree of Kurt Russell is going to be very, very easy. Very, very easy. But <laughs> very, very. <laughs> it's done. There, we've done it. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah what a great movie yeah. this is. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. First Blood's going to be amazing. So for next week, we'll see you then on the line. That's uh, bye for now. See you, everybody. See you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.